Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you for this atmosphere of worship. Thank you for these singers that have led us in worship thus far in this service. And I ask you now, O oh God, that you would grant us something of which we're not worthy. And that is that the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit would come around us this moment and help us open our hearts and open our minds and open our understanding and help us, Lord, to glean from these next few moments in your word truth that will strengthen us, that will renew us and revive us. Wilt thou not revive us again, O God, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Grant us your blessing, your anointing, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Among the many psalms that I call my favorite, uh, I sometimes have to divide them because I like so many of them. And from day to day it changes, which is my favorite. 103 today is my favorite because it contains so much spiritual truth that is uh, a blessing to you. I want them to put it up on the screen because I want us to read it together. And... Uh, there are some verses in it that we're going to kind of hone in and try to get some full impact. How many of you believe in renewal theology? Don't know what it is, Pastor. Know what Reformed theology is? That's Calvinism, and that's predestination. This renewal theology has nothing to do with Reformed theology. Renewal theology is more about a Pentecostal uh, lens to look at Scripture and look at events that occur in the Bible. And uh, with renewal theology, it uh, has more of a spiritual slant, the Holy Spirit at work uh, bringing to culmination the things that God has in His eternal purpose and His eternal plan for every one of us. You know, God is a, a purpose for God. He has a purpose in this world, has a plan in this world, and has great plans for the future of this world. Did you know that? Amen. You know, so many of us have been taught to believe we're going to fly away and go to some mysterious distant place and uh, just hang out, I reckon. But did you know that's not God's plan for this earth? In fact, heaven is going to be on this earth. Wow. The Word of God tells us, John said, I saw the heavens open, and I, I, I saw a, a white horse rider, and he said uh, his vesture was dipped in blood, had a, a sword that went out of his mouth to smite the nations. And the 20th chapter talks about how that there is a city coming down from God out of heaven that is uh, the bride adorned for her husband. Praise God. And in that holy city is where the redeemed will dwell with the Lord Jesus forever and ever. Isn't that great? The Bible said it had 12 foundations. That means it's got 12 stories. That means that there are jewels that are involved. The Bible said the first floor was of jasper, and that's solid diamond. Somebody said, well, I want to live on the first floor, Pastor, already. How about that? Solid diamond. 
Well, one of the songs they sing is diamonds are a girl's best friend. Is that it? Well, how would you like to live and have the whole place just one solid diamond? Wow. The second one and third one all have different uh, jewel assigned to them and Jacinth and uh, Beryl and Chrysoprasus and Sardonyx and Sardius and all of those colors. Isn't that something that God is a colorful God? And when he designs a city, he designs a city that has all of these colors in it. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, but now they desire a, a, a heavenly city, a better country. That is a heavenly. And God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared for them a city. In Psalm 103, we get that that promise of God, of all the wonderful things that He's promised us through people that, that worship Him. And He begins out by, by, by saying, blessed, blessed is that person. Put it on the screen for me, please. Psalm 103. Amen. I want you to get that. I want you to read it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. How many of you have heard that before? Yeah, Pastor, you've preached that one before. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Now, I could preach about His holy name, and I could preach about blessing His holy name. Bless, go on. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Boy, there's a sermon there. Next verse. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. Boy, if I needed healing, I'd read that with Pastor this morning. If I needed healing, if I needed forgiveness, I'd read that with Pastor this morning. He redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Let's stop right there. Things that we should be grateful for, things that we should worship Him for, things we should bless His name for. Number one, he says, is the forgiveness of sin. Thanks be to God who forgives all of our iniquities, forgives all of our sin. Thanks be to God for His love that He commended toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thanks be to God that the blood of his cross, Ephesians 2, hath made peace between us and God. And then in Romans chapter 5 and 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For if when we were enemies of Christ, Christ died for us. Can you believe that Jesus died for us when we were enemies and did not know God? When we were alienated from God and strangers to the covenant of promise, God loved us and he commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he forgave us of all of our iniquities. Wow. I think somebody ought to praise the Lord this morning because God forgives sin. The Bible tells us that if any man sin, for him to confess that sin. Confess your sins one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Oh, hallelujah. You mean there's healing and forgiveness? You mean there's healing when you get the 
slate wiped clean of all the sin and the uh, iniquity that's in your heart, that there is a God who forgives and cleanses from all sin and all iniquity. For if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we will be saved. Great. God, what a blessing that is. And I think we ought to thank God and be gracious and we ought to, ought to bless his name because he forgives sin. Amen. There's not a person that he doesn't love. There's not a person that he can't forgive. There's not a sin that he can't forgive. There's not a person walking around in shoe leather that God doesn't love, that God cannot save. God will save sinners. Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. The apostle Paul said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. What a faithful saying that is. It's faithful to everybody. It's faithful to all people of all nations, all languages, all tongues. Know this, Jesus Christ forgives for sin and his blood washes as white as snow. Though your iniquities be as crimson, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. What a thorough and complete job our God does at forgiving sin. Wow. How powerful that is. Well, what, how is renewal theology involved in that? Because many other religions uh, preach a works righteousness, that there are certain things that you do in order to enter the kingdom of God, that God has already determined that, that people, the right ones are going to be saved, the wrong ones are going to hell. I don't believe that kind of theology. I believe that whosoever will is still welcome to come to the Lord Jesus for saving grace. I believe that the door is wide open, amen, and that Jesus is saying to all that are sick, all that are weary, all that are heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. Jesus has the invitation today to every lost person, come to me, all ye ends of the earth, and be saved. That's the invitation of Jesus. And we ought to be thankful for that. We ought to sing songs about it. We ought to quote scripture about it. We ought to celebrate the fact that Jesus forgives sin. Wow. What a blessing that is and what a platform this is to declare that there is no sin that Jesus cannot forgive. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, because Jesus saves, and Jesus delivers from sin. Not only does he forgive and pardon all of our sins, but he heals all of our diseases. Wow. I got such a beautiful note from Karen this week when Debbie opened it. She just cried. Karen said, what a wonderful blessing it is for me to have my whole church to anoint with oil and pray in the name of Jesus for my healing. She said, what a beautiful thing that was to me and how special that was to me. Do you realize that the Lord Jesus' back was striped for our healing? Do you realize that he was bruised for our iniquity? 
that the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Wow. Well, Pastor, we prayed for a long time and my loved one has not been healed as yet. The healing that the Lord procured for us at Calvary's cross is strictly in the judgment of God. I'm not the one who determines who gets healed and who doesn't get healed. The only thing I know to do is pray the prayer of faith and obey the Word of God. And the Word of God said, Is there any sick among you? James 5, 14. Let him call for the elders of the church. Not the pastor, not the most spiritual one, not the one that shouts the most, but call for the elders of the church. And let them lay their hands upon him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed any sin, they shall be forgiven him. Oh, blessed be God. I have seen God heal miraculously right in front of my eyes. I've been in services when God just healed many people and people that were prayed for. We know that one of the gifts of the Lord is the gift of healing. And that's a tremendous gift. And I wish that everybody I prayed for got healed right on the spot. But that's not up to me. That's up to God. I'm not the healer. I said, I'm not the healer. God is the healer. I'm just the one that does what the Word of God says. I'm the one that gets the oil. I'm the one that takes my hand and anoints in the name of the Lord. And God is the one that does the healing. Amen. I believe in obedience to the Word of God. Don't you? I believe if the Word of God says do something, then you're blessed if you'll do it. I believe if the Word of God shines and gives you a truth and illuminates some truth in your life that you're best served and God is most praised when you do what God's Word says. It's as simple as that. You don't have to complicate it. It's as simple as that. If God says do it, it's like the, the mother of Jesus at, at the wedding at Cana. When they said, we're ruined, we're going to have uh, so much embarrassment and, and so much shame upon us as a family, Jesus said, whatever Jesus said to you to do, do it. Whatever Jesus says, do it. And Jesus said, go get me six water pots. What is six the number of? Man. Man was created on the sixth day got six water pots and Jesus said fill them up with water what is water symbolic of spirit and word spirit and word Jesus said fill those six water pots with water and fill them all the way to the brim in other words he put the spirit and the word into the man Wow. What happened, Pastor? God somehow, in His miraculous way, turned all that water in that 
pot in the wine. What is wine a symbol of? Joy. It's a symbol of joy. So you take man, which is the water pot, and you put the Spirit of God and put the Word of God into the water pot, and God turns it into joy. Somebody in this house ought to say, praise the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, that God can give you joy and deliver you from embarrassment. Wow. Not only does he forgive sin, he also heals our bodies. Heals our bodies. I've told you so many instances of, of uh, when, when people were healed. My own dad, when I was six years old, had a stroke one Sunday night after church. And instead of calling 911, I guess they called the churches 911. They did what the Bible said, called the elders. And they called them some folks named Ford up there, I think, Brother Ford, up at Jacksonville, where his pastor at that time. And when they all ran in at that little old parsonage there on West Francis Avenue in Jacksonville, they ran to my dad and laid their hands upon him and started praying like the house was on fire. I mean, it wasn't a quiet, now, Lord, we have come into your omnipotent presence. Brother, when they came in that house, it was, oh, God, in Jesus' name, touch our pastor. God, let your healing power fall in this parsonage. Let the glory of the Lord be manifested in this place. They were loud and raucous. And an old song they used to sing, I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. Well, I was a six-year-old kid, but I was there when it happened. And I was there when the Holy Ghost hit my daddy. The Holy Ghost hit your daddy right in the top of the head. And my daddy, when he used to shout, he'd spin. Go like that when he would shout. Makes me dizzy. But he just shot all up. Brother, when the Holy Ghost fell on him in that little parsonage in 1954, and he went to shouting all over that, that parsonage, brother, I'm telling you, you talk about a Holy Ghost bombshell. One went off in that parsonage. They ran out in the yard of the churchyard shouting and rejoicing. Oh, I want God to do that again. Oh, I want God to stir us and bring that renewal theology back and help us get to the place that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I long for those days when that's common occurrence among us, like it used to be. Like it used to be. We used to, first thing we thought of, you know, if somebody said, oh, I'm not feeling well, they'd say, oh, God, in Jesus' name. First thing come to mind. Amen. And the Bible said, the effectual fervent prayer. You know what a fervent prayer is? Intense. Intense. You know, I, I believe when people prayed in the Bible, they prayed intently. Don't you? When blind Bartimaeus was over there on the side of the road and Jesus was coming by, the Bible said he cried out, Oh, Jesus, 
Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciple said, shh, you're making too much noise, man. Calling attention to yourself like that. My Lord, don't be so loud. But the Bible said he cried even the more loud. And Jesus, the Bible said, stood still. <laughs> Whoop. And the Bible said, and Jesus turned. And he said, well, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And immediately. Have you ever had an immediately? Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever had an immediately? And immediately his sight was restored and he praised and blessed the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. I believe there's some people that just say, I want to make sure I get his attention. I want, to, I want to make sure I, I may be loud and it may be out of order for me to be so loud, but I've got to get his attention because I want my healing. I, I want the Lord to do something special for me. I'll suffer whatever I have to suffer just so I get to him and he knows that I want to touch that I need a touch. Oh, have you ever come in God's house saying, Lord, I need a touch this morning. I need a touch of your spirit. I need a touch of your power. Hallelujah. If I can touch the border of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she was made whole. Praise God. When that demoniac of Gadara ran and knelt at the feet of Jesus, said, Are you come to torment us before a time? Jesus said, Come out of him. Come out of him. And the Bible said, And immediately those spirits departed. You see, he not only forgives all our sins, he heals all of our diseases. Heals our diseases. Not only does he heal all of our diseases and does he do these marvelous things for us. Next verse, got to get another blessing right here. Who satisfies my mouth with good things. Glory to God. Now, the amplified version says, who satisfies my life with good things. The New American Standard Bible says, who satisfies my desires with good things. Boy, they all have a different slant on it, the translators do. But whatever they're saying about wherever that part of me is that yearns for satisfaction, that yearns for peace with God, he said, the Lord satisfies that place in me that longs for the peace of God and the blessing of God in my life. And he does it with good things. Good things. Somebody say good things. Good things. God satisfies me with good things. God satisfies my longing heart. God satisfies my desires, my wants, and my wishes. God satisfies the things that I, that I would love to see the most. God satisfies me in that area of my heart with good things. You saw a grandmother a while ago talking about the Lord had satisfied her heart with 
a good thing. What was that? A baby, a grandbaby. Whoo! Can you believe mine are 10 and 14 now? Lord Jesus, it hadn't been long since she was standing right here praying. I remember the, the morning she stood here, a little girl, and she said, I said, pray this prayer now that you and I rehearsed. God bless all these people as Papa preaches today. Well, she's getting a permit to drive in November. Oh, God gives us good things. Good things. The Bible said so richly to enjoy. Is your life blessed with good things? Are there any good things in your life? Are there any good things in your life? Oh, bless God. I, I would take the rest of my time today if I went to telling you about the good things. The good things. He satisfies my heart, my mouth, my life with good things. Look at this. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Well, now, I, I saw that if I would buy a certain face cream yesterday, that I could recover some of my youth. I found out that there was collagen or something like that, that I would feel more youthful if I would take that. And I've, I've found certain vitamins and stuff that raise this level and get that one out and, and uh, about wrinkle reducing and all that, that kind of stuff. Boy, wouldn't it be great if you could just say, I want to be young again. And God just said, okay, boom. And all of a sudden you're out here rolling, running races and kicking around like you used to. So that he renews thy youth like the eagle. What does God do that makes me feel young again? What is it that God imparts into my life? What kind of satisfaction is it? It says, who satisfies my mouth with good things, my life with good things, my heart with good things, so that my youth is renewed. That God does so many good things for me, it makes me feel young again. That God helps me and imparts so many good things in my life that it makes me feel good again like an eagle. Why in the world did David say that my youth is renewed like an eagle? You've heard me preach the eagle sermon several times, haven't you? No, we've got a lot of new people. I can preach it again. The Bible said that the eagle, mother eagle, you do know that they are monogamous, don't you? Eagles. They've got one wife for life. Amen. They're monogamous. They tough it out, Don. And I imagine sometimes Mrs. Eagle don't do like Mr. Eagle wants her to do. In fact, the Bible said she stirreth up her nest. 
I imagine when she starts stirring up the nest, I imagine Mrs. Eagle and Mr. Eagle has some disagreement about the way she's stirring up the nest. She stirreth up her nest. After she's given birth, and, and you do know that eagle eggs, she don't peck them, peck them out. In other words, when it comes time for them, after they've been through the incubation, and it's time to, to be born and live outside the shell, boy, there's a good sermon, and your name just happened to rhyme with that. Life outside the shell. Eagles have to peck their way out of the shell. Mama won't do it for them. He renews my life like the eagle. In other words, pecking your way out is the best way for you to be born. Because after you get outside the shell, you're going to see some things that you need to be tough. So pecking your way out is probably the best way out for you. And then when a time comes, and you do know that eagles can soar at 10,000 feet. That's two miles. Did you know that pilots of jets and aircraft have seen eagles flying and soaring at astronomical heights? Wow. The Bible says that the cleft of the rock where the eagle dwells. She builds her nest on a cliff. She hangs, gets all the branches and builds her, her nest up in the high parts of the rims of the canyons. And when a time comes for her eaglet to learn how to fly, you know what she does? She takes her beak and she throws him up on her back and she flaps her wings and she begins to soar out over the veranda. And suddenly she'll flip that eaglet off of her back. And that eaglet will start trying. And he'll flap and he'll flop and he'll try his best. But he's not usually successful first time. So she swoops down, puts him on her back, flies him back to the nest, and says, you'll make it one day. And the next day she repeats the same procedure until the time comes when the eaglet finally gets it to pitch their wings at a certain pitch and to stroke with a certain energy. And suddenly an eaglet begins to fly. And oh, I could preach a lot, but I'll go on. Did you know that an eaglet grows into a mature eagle? But there comes a time in every eagle's life when they go through a season. And it's called molting. And their old feathers start coming out. There's 1,700 feathers on a mature eagle. And all of the feathers fall off. And her talons that she's used 
to soar down and pick up the prey. They're no longer sharp, but now they're dull and they won't hold in her grasp. Her beak that at one time was so sharp and so, so solid has now become dull and it's getting loose and it feels like it might fall off. And when she gets like that, she soars until she finds a low place in the canyon and she glides down to that lowest place and there she becomes totally dependent on the other eagles because she can't hunt and she can't fly anymore without her wings and her feathers. She's down. No way to lift herself. But the other eagles will hunt and come and drop meat down to a molting eagle. Until one day, new talons start appearing where the old have shed. A new beak begins to grow. And suddenly feathers are appearing where they at one time came out. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. And that's why David said, like an eagle, God will renew you. <laughs> God will renew you. God will re-strengthen you. He'll give you strength. Next, do that next verse there for me, please. Who satisfies you. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed, all that are beat down, all that are in need of a new time. Next verse. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Brother, when you remember who you are and you remember where you come from, you remember the seas that you had to cross and you remember the rivers that you had to cross and you remember the times when God had to lead you because you couldn't find the way yourself. You remember the times when God had to feed you because you couldn't feed yourself. He satisfies you with good things just like the eagle. I wonder how many we have here this morning that you may be in that season and you need the other eagles to hunt for you until this season passes in your life. You see, that's what Jesus meant when he said, love one another, pray one for another, that you may be healed. That's why Jesus said, that we need to care one for another. And if you see that your brother hath need, don't shut up your bowels of compassion from him. Because that may be an eagle that's going through a season. He'll be back. She'll be back. There'll come a time when this will pass. But for right now, they need ministry. They need someone to care. Someone to care. Every one of you in this house today, if you'll look around behind you, there's something following you. Something on your trail. 
I was going to do a little picture deal today and make my way up through there and call that avenue the avenue of praise and gratitude to God. Get up there to the cross and talk about He forgives all of my iniquities and He heals all my diseases and come down here into the altar area where it's the place of praise. The place to say, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Who forgives all of my iniquities, heals all of my diseases, and satisfies my soul. Has the Lord satisfied your soul this morning? Has something satisfying? Oh, when you're, you're thirsty and, and it, it seems like you, you just got to have a drink of water. Have you ever been to church when it felt like it was a good, cool drink of water? A good, cool drink of water. I put Rachel to bed one night when she was a little girl. We were in Ohio. And after I put her to bed, I, I said, now you go to sleep. Don't you, don't you get up running around. You stay in this bed now and you go to sleep. In a few minutes, I heard her say, Daddy, could I have a drink of water? And I said, no, you can't have a drink of water. You're just wanting to stay up. Now hush and go to sleep. In a minute, she said, Daddy, could I please have a drink of water? And I said, no, I told you. You can't have a drink of water. You're just trying to get up. I know you're, you're tricked. You go to sleep. Daddy, I need a drink of water. And I said, Rachel, if you holler in here at me one more time, and say, you want some water, I'm going to come in there and tear you up. A few moments of silence went by, and then I heard her say, Daddy, on your way in here to tear me up, would you bring me a glass of water? <laughs> Sometimes you just want a drink of water. Just need a drink of water. I'm glad that God knows when you need a drink of water. And I'm glad that there are people that the Bible says their gift is helps. Their gift is hospitality. Their gift is encouragement. God's got those kind of people planted around. And I thank God for the ones in this church that fit that, that bill. And I want you to know that your work is not unnoticed. God is faithful. What's following you around is goodness and mercy. The Bible says, goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is goodness and mercy following you? Amen. Is goodness and mercy going to pull out of that parking lot and go home with you today? Is goodness and mercy going to go to that job in the morning with you? Is goodness and mercy going to be with you tomorrow and the next day and the day after that? The goodness and mercy of God and His faithfulness. Stand with me, please. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God our Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see.
All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thank you, God, for touching us this morning with your divine presence. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that has been in this place. Thank you, O oh Lord, for people today that realize God knows about my ministry of encouragement and hospitality and helps for people. God has come to me many times when I was in that place Pastor talked about this morning that we could be renewed, that though our outward man perishes, our inward man is renewed every day. Oh, Lord, would you renew us today in your presence? Would you renew, oh, Lord, that dad today that needs that touch of renewal? That mom, oh, Lord, that is so weary, that needs to be encouraged and feels that renewal today? Oh, Lord, I pray that, that people that minister to others would do that ministry right here today, oh, Lord, in this service. And as we depart from this house, we would encourage people. Encourage people and lift them up and let them know that they're special before the Lord. We ask you now to go with us to our homes and our families and our jobs tomorrow. Help us to be light and salt in the world and make a difference for Jesus' sake. In your name we pray for your sake. Amen and amen. God bless you and God go with you as our prayer. You have a great, great week in God.